Adam was kind enough to come to my house. So I said, just, why don't we just chill out and act like normal people would in the living room? Why don't we just be normal? And we could try. This is Good People Doing Great Things. This is episode four, and today I have the... I'm gonna lean in. You're leading? Yeah. Well, just we'll... missed my opening. Sorry. The invasive... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have Doug Belding from Doug Belding Fine Arts. Um, he's... Uh, you know what? I think you should explain what you do, because you do a lot. I do, uh, thank you. Uh, yeah, I, I'm an artist, mainly work uh, canvas and acrylic is kind of the main medium I, I work in. Uh, generally, my main weapon is a palette knife that I use to generally paint a lot. Got away from brushes years ago. Um, just really like the texture and how the artwork kind of turns out. It's really three-dimensional and and uh, the blending is, is pretty to my liking. Um, actually, there's a piece back there in the wall. Um, That's nice product placement. <laughs> <laughs> That's my house, I guess. So, yeah. um, also, really big into uh, figurative drawing, a lot of charcoal, uh, working with models, um, studied animation. So, really, kind of, I know, I'm waiting for you to book it up. Clothes are coming off after the podcast. <laughs> oh, we're doing it today. Nice. <laughs> I wasn't prepared. Always be prepared. <laughs> um, so, yeah, just really. Kind of all facets of, of uh, fine art uh, digitally and, and really kind of pull all that together but really always kind of try to practice and stick with the foundations of, of art and that way you know you kind of carry those through through your artwork and you learn the rules of art and then you can learn what you uh, the ones you can break a little to to make your own voice heard. I've asked you this before and, and between us it'll sound like rehashing things we talk about a million times but people out here don't necessarily know so how did you know you could create art like you have how did you know you're an artist like what age really really young i guess um it's kind of i'm sure like a lot of kids uh i lived in a very small kind of rural area my siblings <clears throat> i was probably an afterthought so my siblings are much older <laughs> so i was like well, I like to think that was a happy mistake for my parents, but I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I kind of was the only kid in my little area that uh, was that age, so I just had to be creative, I guess, and mm -hmm. was kind of how it worked. And uh, my mom kind of did like a, a lot of like arts and crafts kind of thing. So she was quite creative uh, in that way. So I think I kind of got a bit influenced there. And then she's here, by the way. Oh, hey, mom. <laughs> so then I just kind of really get into creating and we weren't like a wealthy family so uh, getting toys was a big deal but of course being a kid of the 80s you see all these shows on TV that were promoting all these toys and the, you know now uh, I couldn't always have them but luckily I had like Lego so <laughs> I would use that to create my version of the toy um, so just a lot of like playfulness that way or <laughs> I would you know, draw backgrounds of what the world would look like that the Lego people would, you know, play out their scenarios yeah. and that kind of thing. So I always kind of did that. And then once I got to um, elementary school, grade one, that type of thing, um, I think just I was ahead of the curve on that compared to some of my, my peers at that age. And then um, the teachers kind of saw that and just kind of, you know, encouraged it. I wouldn't mm -hmm. say they pushed me down that road, but then, um, you know, I start winning like awards and things for like school districts and things like that. And 
uh, you know, that's encouragement. It's uh, reassurance. And then you kind of feel a bit more confident to kind of move forward with that. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't say I was a terribly confident kid by any stretch, but um, especially when you're that age, art isn't what you're like, I'm the art kid. Like, it's, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. but, uh, but that's what I was. And then it just, uh, it's something I always kind of stuck with. And then I remember I was traveling through Europe and was just like, this sucks. I'm just doing a lot of labor work and mm -hmm. I don't love it. And I just was like, you know what? I've always had this inclination. I always had the skills. I put the time in. I was like, I wonder what I could really do career wise, creatively and, and really started planning that out from mm -hmm. there and, and looking at schools to go to that would help um, set me up with the knowledge I had at that point of what I needed to be set up with uh, to kind of move forward. So. How do you fuel the fire of the kid that is showing tendencies? And how do you know, like, I would never have become an artist, no matter how hard I try, I can probably draw and do some painting, but it'll never be quality enough to sell anything. How, how can you tell the difference? And how do you fan that? How would you recommend that they fan that flame as parents? Realistically, I think one great thing to do is um, frame your kid's artwork up and put it on a wall. Like, give it some legitimacy and be like, be proud of it, whether it's mm -hmm. in their room or the kid's bathroom or wherever it might be. And you can create like a little art gallery for them that's kind of a showpiece. Also, just spending time with them. Uh, get down on the floor with them with the crayons and just say, what are you drawing? Mm -hmm. How come? What's going on? You learn about your kid, I would imagine, and you would also kind of have an idea of how they they think, and then yeah. um, you might learn more what's actually going on in their day than than you might think otherwise. Or um, so I really think spending the time and and, and that one on one time I think is pretty pretty crucial for a lot of aspects. But I think especially in a creative standpoint, it's mm -hmm. just uh, be encouraging. Yeah, but I think it's interesting they say like my kids are younger, but still when they come home from school, how was school? Fine. Tell us something. No, so to do something and maybe work like art is a great way to maybe have as you're doing art, the conversation starts flowing, and then you maybe find out something that happened in school that you right. Maybe they're like that. drawing something that happened there. And, yep. And Marie says, validate what's important to them. That's huge. Mm -hmm. How does one become the three out of four year art battle champion in Nova Scotia? And what does that mean? And what is an art battle? <laughs> what's that mean? Um, I'm pretending like I don't know what that means. What does that mean? It means Doug? everything. <laughs> Um, if you aren't the art battle champion, you're basically shit. So if you, you aren't, <laughs> yeah, you are, everyone else is beneath you. <laughs> I, I can't. You, though you said that, I didn't say that. Um, <laughs> art battle is actually—it's uh, now gone international. It was a Canadian tournament of artists, essentially, that mm -hmm. um, started in Toronto. Um, and what they would do is have uh, rounds of, of literally art battles where you would have six artists, mm -hmm. you were given 20 minutes, you were given a limited palette of colors you could use. Mm -hmm. You could only take the paint out from behind when you came out, you couldn't go back and get more paint. Like what you okay. took out was all you had. You were given a specific size canvas, everyone had the same. Mm -hmm. Subject matter is wide open. You've got 20 minutes to execute a painting in front of the live crowd. The crowd circles around as you paint. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the 20 minutes, they're given a ballot and they vote, uh, putting a ticket into a, a little jar at each wow. easel. Uh, and then those votes are tallied. There'll be another round in the final, the top three would battle off for the final. And then during the evening, all of the paintings that were created 
uh, are auctioned off. Mm -hmm. So proceeds go back to the organization, proceeds go to the artist. So yeah, it can be really, really kind of a way to make a few extra bucks and kind of get your name out there. But for me, what I found really interesting is it made my process that much faster. I used to paint and I'd be like, oh, it'll take me a week to do this, mm -hmm. you know, when I have free time or whatever the, the case may be. And then I was really like, wow, you know, like if there's seven steps to a painting, I can get to step four in 20 minutes pretty quick, like mm -hmm. blocking it out and just kind of playing with the colors a bit. And mm -hmm. obviously your details aren't getting super done, but you can, you can get a lot done in 20 minutes. And what's kind of interesting, I think from a observer standpoint is the fact that where I do use a palette knife, most people don't ever really see that technique or that process. Mm -hmm. Um, and not that they really do. I mean, that's kind of what I really like about uh, our battle is the fact that it shows the creative process and not many people get that. I think that's what's kind of the beauty of it is it's like you get to be in the artist studio for 20 minutes, mm -hmm. but uh, you really kind of see how their brain works and uh, or how they are when they get frustrated. I've seen people like lose their shit and it's just yeah. kind of like, oh, well, it's, it's okay. <laughs> Talking about that, it's okay. Well, no, okay. no, but you know, it's just kind of that. So, um, that that's the structure of it there in a cool. nutshell. So, um, yeah, so I've represented New Brunswick on national level once, and then Nova Scotia. Nice. When is the art battle here? Because you are potentially going to be doing one here or no? Yeah, I'm going to be involved in one in April 21st. April 21st. At the Halifax Curling Club, and it, can people do? You have people have to pay to go. Yeah, it's like fifteen bucks to pop in, um, and then, but there'd be there'd be like uh, beverages and oh like yeah, you, can, and you can you can have beverages. I believe okay. there's pizza now. Pizza, which is new. Pizza doesn't sound like very art art like. I, I picture like you know little chapeaus to the side and like cheese for for Morgan Foods. A lot of sandalwood in the air. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> some some clothes that probably need to be retailed sometimes, but then there's some fancy there's some fancy folks too. It's all what, what's actually really great about it. It's mm -hmm. all ages, it's all backgrounds, it's all income levels of people that just show up that just really like art, and yeah. and that's it, it's great that it it brings people together for a, a common event, and it's a lot of fun. It's it's uh, there's laughs, there's good music pumping while mm -hmm. you're you're hanging out, and uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a great way to start your evening for sure. And on your site, there is a page on your site that's dedicated to like some of their battle stuff, right? So yeah, go to dougbelding.com, mm -hmm. check it out. Mm -hmm. So now, this is like been a long lead up. Oh, okay. I got some questions. Yeah, yeah. All right. I'm sorry I took so long. No, it's good. I'm just making sure that you don't want to keep people, oh. keep people engaged. Don't cheat. I'm not looking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to prepare myself for anything. What's a body part that you wouldn't mind losing? So you, you, nipple hair. Nipple hair? Yeah, that could go. It's kind of, what about nipples as a guy in general? Do they have a use? This is probably one of those questions like, do they have a use for guys? Chime in, people. I think they're a landmark. You know where you for are. For your drawing. For, but you're drawing the seven heads thing. You go across <laughs> When you're drawing or when you're just checking things out. But do they have an actual use for guys? Like, you can hang tinsel from them and stuff if you want. I believe if you have the right adhesive, you can. <laughs> But there's no real use for guys. 
other than they like they kind of symmetrical and unless you have a superfluous one which is who fine knows too. i mean some people have pancakey ones <laughs> some people have little ones it's true i mean there's a lot of variants so the, on my next podcast we're going to exclusively talk about male <laughs> nipples so you say nipple hair that yeah is, well, is that a body part like hair i'm like alex yeah alex says okay okay, okay. what is the sexiest and least sexy name and you think of this name, it sounds like someone that is just like, you gotta know, like this name. Could be guy. Just what's a name? It's, I've always liked the name Cordelia. No, I, uh, before them, I met a lady when I was living in the UK named Cordelia. We worked at a restaurant together. Yeah, a million years ago. So when you was busy, go, Cordelia, get over here and do <laughs> Help me out, I need help. I, I, need I wasn't hands. that I aggressive. Hands. I need hands. Hands, yeah, hands was a thing. Mm -hmm. Could she uh, carry three plates or four? The things she could do. <laughs> Next question. What's the least sexy name? Oh. Again, you don't want to... Irma. Irma? Mm. Irma or Ima? Irma or Ima. I can see that. <clears throat> Here's, I'm going to take Adam Brown's question. Yeah. So if you could know one of life's secrets, like the big secret, mm -hmm. one secret that you could know in the world, what would you want to know? It is a good question. I guess I always struggle with like why are we good people and what we do and you know why don't mm -hmm. we just do whatever the hell we want and mm -hmm. you know. So I guess I would want to know is there any repercussion after I would just want to know like and I wouldn't change anything. That's mm -hmm. what I think would be really interesting. Mm -hmm. So it's like if I was the only one that could figure out this answer, I would want to know like if you were the worst person and you just die and that's it you could just be the worst person. Mm -hmm. Or if you were like the best person, you thought like I was gonna get this great reward and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Is there something else? So I guess if there is something else, there's a reason to be kind and a reason to not be a dick. Well, I think there's a reason to be kind anyway. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just a nice way to be, mm -hmm. a great way to be. Mm -hmm. um, but because then I would really observe how people are. Mm -hmm. I guess I like to observe how people are. I guess it's being an artist, I just yep. kind of take all that in. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think that would be really interesting because I do think about that a lot of like, why are you so well behaved? Mm -hmm. Why are you so poorly behaved? <laughs> what is something that everyone looks stupid doing? Taking a selfie. It's true, and I've done a lot of those. Yeah, you, you kind of do. I mean, I do it, I mean, because for, if I'm you know, doing a product shot or something or mm -hmm. whatever, but. Yeah, it's um, it's weird. You know, we gotta do a selfie then, right? Selfie. It's become such a normal thing now. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember we were in Iceland there a few months ago, and at the falls, and there wasn't their big sticks and blah blah blah. And it's just like you don't really bat an eye at it anymore. Yep. But it's still kind of like. See the way. See the way I look at selfies is, you're really taking a picture of the moment and the subject matter. It's really yeah, yeah. done properly. It's really not supposed, I don't think it's really supposed to be about me going, look at me, I'm beautiful, I'm awesome. It's more about kind of you're a piece of this moment. So I think selfie really is capturing a moment, but it can be construed as very self-serving and like, look at me, I'm awesome. I, I think it's it's really, selfie's more about the moment and where you are. Yeah. But again, you can look like an asshole doing it. You're like, you're like Sometimes. Give me your selfie pace. What's your selfie pace? <laughs> <laughs> me. Nope. Uh. What 
Ready? We were like, we just said Mia together. Me. Uh. Where's me? Uh. She probably pet their dragon. I was actually watching. She does it every Friday. She does drink with the drinking dragon. the dragon or pet. And I actually there was another feed beforehand that was called petting my lizard. <laughs> and I went on there and do not press that button because it's not the same as seeing Mia talk with wine. Okay. Don't hit the button that says petting my lizard. Okay. It's very scary. Oh. It's just one guy and his lizard. Next question. <laughs> What's a sport that would be funniest to add mandatory amount of alcohol to? Dodgeball. Good answer. Because imagine when you're like, if someone's on rum, then sometimes rum can have that bad drunk. Oh. And someone drills you in the face. Imagine how mad that guy is. Yeah, someone's gonna bleed. <laughs> <laughs> if you were arrested with no explanation, what would your friends and family assume you were done? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Indecent exposure, maybe. <laughs> you have something to, say, something to share? No. Okay. What is the funniest joke you know by heart? Can you know any jokes by heart? Are those space pants? No. Because your ass is out of this world. What's the weirdest smell you've ever smelled? Stink or a toy from uh, He-Man. Who? He was like a stink or he was like a skunk. Yeah. They made him stink. It was weird. It was like it wasn't like a real stink. It was just like an odd stink, like a oh, plastically it was stink. stink. Yeah. Interesting. Other than that, I hate the smell of sandalwood. <laughs> what sandalwood smell like? I can't say it will offend people. Okay. <laughs> smell doesn't smell very good. So speaking of smells, you're in an elevator. Picture this. Okay. You walk in with, and there's another person you both walk in, doors yep. closed, yep. you press floor 50. 50? Yeah. And you're, walk, you're going up, get around floor 10, and you smell the most ungodly smell you've ever smelled. Yeah. Do you say something? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> what, do you what do you say? What the F? <laughs> like, how couldn't you? You know, we're in an elevator. That's just rude. Yeah. It's a dick move. <laughs> You'd be pissed. Oh, yeah. You wouldn't laugh? You'd be like, man, no, you why, got me. What's that's funny game. about that? That's the game, though. Isn't that the game? Is that the park game? I don't play those games. <laughs> that's, you're on the list. <laughs> How rude is that? <laughs> Sell New Brunswick in one sentence. New Brunswick is a province right beside us. Nova Scotia is New Brunswick. Highest tides in the world. Mm -hmm. People call it No Brunswick. But it's fun. It is terribly fun. You're mm -hmm. 10 minutes from water almost at any time. Mm -hmm. uh, but New Brunswick in one sentence. Picture, oh, there's whales and there's like boats and there's a covered The bridge. most affordable coastline property on the planet. Come see us in New Brunswick. No Funswick, no more. Something like that? Sure. Tell what this shirt, by the way, there's a bare ass on your shirt. Yeah, there is. This shirt. Are you embarrassed? No. Okay. So this is Rod. He's... Um, fishing for squid at night on his mm -hmm. paddleboard, which um, I think if you were gonna go squid fishing, this would be a pretty fun way to do it. Because mm -hmm. the squid come in closer to shore at night. Okay. They kind of follow the moon, mm -hmm. similar to sardines. So I've been doing a series called Nova Scotia Fishermen. Mm -hmm. So I've been taking the fishing industries that are here, like lobster, crab, squid, um, tuna, lots of different ones. Yep and researching what kind of fishery 
attire and scenarios go with those type of industries and putting um, fishermen sketches into to those scenarios but I'm making them a little more playful a little more fun a little more cheeky a little mm -hmm. more um, <clears throat> sexy because there's always like sexy ladies are everywhere yeah but you know it's kind of fun to have like something different on the market mm -hmm. so as a result uh, these Nova Scotia fishermen uh, there'll be 12 uh, shirts in total uh, the first three are now available actually on dougbelding.com mm -hmm. under the wearable section I guess you know I do a lot of art um, mainly for commissions which mm -hmm. is really to me it's a lot of fun because you get to understand what that person is looking for in a piece of art that they can't find somewhere else mm -hmm. like um, you know say you're from you're from New Brunswick and you had a cottage in, in St. Stephen mm -hmm. and you were like I'd love to have something like that. I don't get there anymore. Mm -hmm. The cottage is burned down, whatever, but it was great memories from my childhood. You have photos, but you'd really like a big piece in, in your house. Mm -hmm. So I would sit down and work with you to be like, tell me about that. What uh, what was important about it? What was kind of the, the feelings you had about it, which would help in um, determine some of the colors. Mm -hmm. Uh, then maybe, you know, you had a neighbor's dog that would come over and visit you. We could work that dog into that painting. Um, you know, this is something that you can have that tells your story, uh, your way. You're mm -hmm. very much a part of the process and you're getting something custom to you based on size, color scheme and everything that you would want. That's how I like to work with art. Um, certainly in the past I've done gallery shows and, you know, created a series of paintings and put those in the gallery. and. Some sell, some don't, you mm -hmm. kind of, you don't know. And But my favorite way to work is actually a partnership with someone who, who wants something really unique and, and really custom. And I think well, we can all go out and buy something that's, that's mass produced and that's, mm -hmm. that's got a time and place as well. But I think, um, I think we all kind of have a story we'd like to, to have on our wall. Um, and I try to really help bring that to life for people. Say there's a 500 piece, a $500 piece of like original art you're you're decorating a home and you're like I'm gonna go to Michael's or wherever you wherever you have it where you're from um, and I gotta get 10 pieces for $500 and you're gonna put over there why would why would I do $500 it doesn't make sense to me because I can do 10 pieces well I think the value is having something that is is custom not custom just like important to you mm -hmm. um, I think it's really hard to put importance on something that your neighbor could have or someone at their your doctor's office has the same painting up mm -hmm. or you go you're looking to buy a house and you go into the show home and the show home has a painting that you have at home or that your mother has at home and it doesn't have to you don't have to settle you can have um, something really great something really fun something really custom that that's affordable it doesn't have to break the bank and I think mm -hmm. that's part of the uh, you know part of what people, the stigma that comes with art is people are like ah oh, it's, it's it's too expensive I can't afford to do that you move spot spot we know moving sucks and like when you're moving your, your piles up you take all those paintings down and your pictures that you got from Michael's down you put it against the wall and some of them might just go in the garbage because they're scratched they're disposable but There's the one, one the one that you that you had an artist create from a memory from your cottage in St. Stephen Brunswick will be with you forever yes it costs you let's just put a number on it cost you $500 but the value of that you can't put a price tag on it because you're, you're not gonna that's not gonna go that's gonna be in every house forever and probably be passed down to generations 
Yeah, no, I think that I think you're you're hitting it right on the mark because I think you're right. <laughs> if you do move a lot, um, or even if you just like change your decor every couple <laughs> of years, you know, you went to IKEA and you bought a bunch of artwork, and then mm -hmm. it's it's disposable, but it's intended for that purpose. Yeah, and that's kind of the uh, the differentiator is that you know bring value to what people are actually buying. Yep. It, it's just such a great conversation starter, I find. Mm -hmm. You know, people want to know what the background is. Where did you get that? How did you get that? Why did you get that? I mean, and then your friendship with whoever that is actually, as a result, becomes even stronger. And you get to mm -hmm. know more about people. And, and uh, yeah, it's just, I think it's a great, great conversation piece. But what is the most common question that you get when you're sitting down with someone or they know you're an artist and they ask you a question? Do you make money at that? That's that's one which I have to chuckle at. Mm -hmm. uh, I wouldn't keep at it yeah. otherwise. I mean, it's yeah. it's a it's then it's a hobby. There's a difference um, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, but yeah, that's that's one. But realistically, I think the most common one is really motivation. Like, where do you get your inspiration? Where do you get your motivation from? Mm -hmm. um, and in turn, like normally when I'm having that initial consult with someone it's like it really comes from those conversations with those people because mm -hmm. they really like one uh woman commissioned a a, a garden of her parents backyard because her mm -hmm. parents were having their 50th anniversary they're very very proud of their their backyard um you know she had a, a lot of photo reference which was really helpful um so you know my process in that is like okay let me come up with a sketch composition wise does this make sense mm -hmm. her and her brother who lived in florida they would kind of communicate it back to me. Uh, then, you know, next scene would be like, we'll walk through color theory. You know, does, does this color palette make sense based on what you want to do? Or do you want it to look very real? Uh, in this case, they did want it to look very real. Mm -hmm. So based it off what was there, then, you know, as it was kind of progressing, she would come back and be like, you know what? Oh, there's this squirrel that really pisses my mom off. Can you add the, the squirrel somewhere like uh, you know that makes sense in the composition i'm not mm -hmm. going to tell you where to put it but you know if you could add that in then like oh but my dad loves these two cardinals that come and one's male one's female so you know so then you know you go and research like oh that's what a female cardinal looks like it's not mm -hmm. the red at all it's actually kind of gray and um so you kind of you know do the bit of research and, and incorporate that and then uh yeah and then the parents are like wow this is incredible like you just you, you took the time you took the effort you took the thought and you put in those little extra elements mm -hmm. I mean, they're over the moon. Finish this sentence. Oh. <clears throat> ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Sheets of empty canvas, untouched sheets of clay. I know the song. I know you do. It's your favorite band. It is. I don't need to finish it. No? Sheets of empty canvas, <laughs> untouched. What's the next word? Sheets, untouched sheets of clay. Her legs spread out. Feet. For me. <laughs> That's her buddy was. I want you to do the ending hook. Give me the ending hook. Imagine this is the end of the podcast. Doug Bowling is finishing this. The show is called Good People Doing Great Things. All right. Finish her off. Go ahead. I'm, I'm getting ready. No, no now. Okay. <laughs> I really think it's great that you do this, but good people doing great things, I think, is really important. Um, it's kind of like random act of kindness and, and you're big on that too so I just really think uh, it's a great venue and platform for you to to share that out you're really trying to do good uh, and I think that's to be applauded so anyone who's watching these uh, podcasts keep it up 
Adam's doing great work. He's doing great things. And uh, I'm very happy and lucky to be on the show. And, and thanks for, for paying attention. And uh, if you hear I get arrested, you probably know why. Probably know why. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks, buddy. Thank you. No Thank you, Doug Belding, fine artist. At uh, DougBelding.com. Uh, Doug Where else can they find you? Uh, Instagrams. Mm-hmm. On the grams? At Doug Belding. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twitter, mm-hmm. at Doug Belding. Mm-hmm. Uh, Facebook, at Doug Belding Fine Art. I had a lot of fun. That was good. Did you have fun? I had lots of Did I have okay answers? You had amazing answers. I'm, I'm rather witty. You are rather witty. That's what people need to know. <laughs> Artists are all kinds of people. Exactly, right? You have a beer with this guy. He might even buy. Maybe. <laughs> he hasn't bought me a beer yet. Because you come over at 10 in the morning. <laughs> it's Nova Scotia. Nova Scotians <laughs> drink 24-7. I don't think that anything's open right now. Your fridge is open. I'm just kidding. All right. Thanks, peeps. Word. Take care. Thanks. <laughs>